This is the EWN Radio Network. Welcome to On the Record with your host, Astrum Lux Lucis. All right, welcome to another episode of On the Record. I am your host, Astrum Lux Lucis. And this week's guest is a passionate artist and artistic professional who is currently at the helm of marketing some of the creative and culture-shifting media coming out of Hollywood as artistic. She is at her most creative when she is working with her hands and making compelling visuals to communicate her clients' stories. Her story began in a Saudi Arabia country where her chosen career path was not something that was encouraged for young women to pursue. A headstrong and ambitious woman, she has proudly continued on her journey in hopes of setting an example for other women that want to follow their hearts to find fulfillment. Born and raised in Saudi Arabia, she attended the American University of Sarja in the United Arab Emirates, where she majored in mass communication with an emphasis in advertising. After completing her undergraduate program, she left her home and moved to the Bay Area to continue her education at the Academy of Art University in San Francisco. There, she majored in advertising with an emphasis in art direction and earned a master's in fine arts. In 2012, she made her way to Los Angeles and began her career in the advertisement industry. Her work involves marketing some of the most talked about releases and projects from all the major studios and networks, including Netflix, HBO, Disney, Warner Brothers, and more. Her work has been nominated for a Golden Trailer Award for Best Indie Film Movie Poster for 10,000 Saints. She is motivated to share her story in hopes of rewriting the misconceptions that perpetually and unnecessarily divide the East and West, and is looking forward to a long career creating emotional, thought-provoking, and interesting art. Please welcome Dima Alansari. Dima, how are you doing today? Hi, I'm doing great. How are you? Awesome. I'm doing awesome. So tell me, tell us about the little girl with a dream. It sounds like a a very interesting story, um, you know, especially growing up in Saudi Arabia and and where you are now. So tell us, what were you you thinking as a girl and and what you wanted to do and how to get, you know, pursue that? Right. The little girl with a dream. It's it's (laughs) really interesting because I actually never felt like I had one vision of what I wanted to do or like that one thing that I wanted to go after. It was always just that feeling of not, of not agreeing with being limited in any kind of way. Like that Mm. was, I would say that was my dream. My dream was to just kind of write my own rules and, and, and follow a life defined by my own values. And it's, it's, I've gradually and yeah, gradually kind of just followed that. Nice. And it's crazy to kind of look back and just to see, and you know my path carved by that mentality yeah 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 now you must have had some very like open-minded sort of parents to to instill that in you and not kind of suppress that in you or maybe opposite and you just went ahead and did your own thing anyhow tell us a little bit about how your parents played a role in this yeah my parents are, are honestly my role models and the most amazing people on the planet they both are very very academically driven so whenever I wanted to pursue um, my education and even my higher education, 
even if it was in opposition to like traditionally how a, um, a single young girl would travel abroad is not is a little bit taboo. They were, they backed me up and were behind it because they're just very pro education. Nice. Um, but I, and they they're they're both the kind of the mentality of kind of explaining everything to me. My parents from a very young age just had to teach me and explain everything to me, and I think that kind of backfired on them because if something didn't make sense to me, I'm like, well, I'm just not gonna just not gonna take this one because there's no logical explanation. Mm. And um, my nice. pursuit of, of of the truth is still kind of how I I move through life to this day. Nice. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, so how did that shape your art? Like, how did you get into art, first of all? Um, and, and where did mm-hmm. that passion come from? Um, well, I've always been super creative as a kid. That's kind of been my happy place. And it's funny, looking back, I don't think I thought of it as a career path. It was just like where I, you know, what I like to do and what I, how I like to play. Um, so I was always creating art projects at home and art class was always my favorite in school. But, um, when I went to college, I, um, I, I guess I just wanted to take the study, the major with the most art classes in it and, um, have that, you know, that perfect marriage between creativity and just, um, um, conceptual thinking. So I found myself in advertising and I really loved it, um, and kind of been taking it one step at a time, really. I graduated school and, and figured, hey, I'm going to find a job in advertising. And it all kind of unfolded really naturally, I would say. Nice. What are some steps you took in school to begin the career path as far as looking for companies or reaching out, um, putting a portfolio together and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, I had a couple of portfolio building classes, which was interesting because I, uh, I put together my portfolio in my final class that I graduated with and I kind of looked at it when I, I looked back on it when I graduated and I'm like, you know what, this isn't the portfolio that I want to, that I want to present when I'm interviewing or applying mm. for jobs. So after graduating, um, after getting my grad degree, I spent a couple of months just rebuilding my entire portfolio. Wow. Uh, yeah, because I just looked at it as like a full body of work, and I'm like, I can, I want to do, I want to do something else, and just created a new portfolio for the sake of, of applying for jobs. Um, and I honestly started just uh, asking friends and and cold calling companies. Um, one of my friends or one of my friends slash professors gave me this really good piece of advice um, when I was interviewing for companies. I started uh, finding out who their creative director was, finding that person on LinkedIn, and then messaging them, um, sending them a personal message to just invite them out for coffee and pick their brain. And I found I got my foot in the door more that way than just, you know, contacting HR, for instance, you know. Well, that's a good good technique. That's Yeah, so reaching out yeah, to social media. Yeah, that was my little, little strategy, yeah. Yeah, that's really good. And like, what year was that around? This was, was that around 2012. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So social media was pretty prominent then at that time. And so, yeah, yeah. nice, nice. That's pretty good. I like that technique. Now, um, when you met with the people, were you like, did you let them know that you're looking for a job and you're kind of schmoozing them or 
you know, how was the how was the initial reach out? Was it just like, hey, can I, you know, you're interesting, and I want to meet with you and have coffee, or like, what was your technique to to kind of get that? Yeah, that I ended whole... up getting uh, from reaching out like that. I ended up getting, um, you know, a couple of callbacks saying, hey, just come in, we we would like to meet you. And I went into the companies of my book, and yeah, it was kind of like asking for advice. Really, it's like, here's my book, here's what I'm trying to do. Like, what do you think? And a couple of the companies were like, you know. If we were hiring right now, you'd be great, but we're not. So maybe you should talk to this company because we know them and their work is cool. And just got mm. to kind of hop around that network. Yeah. Um, and then the company that I work for right now, I remember just showing them their book, my book, and they're like, um, they're like, cool. So like, what are you doing on Monday? Because we might like want you to come in as a freelancer on Monday. And that was funny because I was doing the fake. Oh, I think I might be available, but kind of freaking out in my head, like, yes, I'm totally <laughs> open. Nice. <laughs> I like that. So how did you start incorporating working with musicians? Were you doing that in college as just like a fun thing? And how did that evolve? No, that's a funny thing. That's kind of something that I that just happened organically because my um because uh, my friends are, are most of my friends are all musicians and I just ended up organically helping out my friends with their branding and their projects and I started off just doing, um, um, like, gig posters, mm-hmm. like, just flyers for their shows, and it evolved from there. So it was just, like, me helping out my friends and then just nice. really having fun with it. Yeah. I think I like it the most because it's such a personal experience. It's me with the musician who's my friend and someone that I know really intimately, and so I'm able to, to kind of bridge that um, the, the gap of... of um, uh, communicating their brand because I know these people really intimately, mm. um, and it's just more fulfilling. What are what are some of the things that you do to sort of get inside of creating the visual for the the band, the music, the the brand, or the the movie, or whatever it is? Like, what are what, what do you have to do, sort of? I guess internally to be able to convey that in a visual image, right? Um, I'm, my, like, my technique, my way of going about this is I like to be as saturated as possible with, like, just knowledge of what I'm working with. Um, and then it's really, like, finding that, that connection with the project. It's, it's kind of an intangible thing, really. It's kind of like having a connection with a person. You kind of just meet and you talk and you kind of, like, hit different subjects to see where you would connect or you would get that feeling and I kind of do the same with with the projects I'm working on it's kind of like I'm I'm visit I'm looking at the the project from so many different angles I'm like trying to tap to tap in and and when you just feel it it's kind of like it's, you feel that connection I'm like great this is it this is the feeling that I want to talk about this is what I want to say and I'm naturally a visual person so when I when I feel something I kind of see it um hmm. Yeah, and so I end up just kind of filling all that out, and uh, and somewhere in the you know, in my mess of consciousness or whatever it is, something pops up. Wow. Yeah. Is it like you know, like you hear about musicians having that moment where something just like comes through them and it pours out this song that they you know had no idea. Is it sort of like that kind of? feeling sometimes it's like that sometimes it's absolutely like that and sometimes it's really just like off the top of my head someone will um 
or I'll like hear a song or, or, or even with movies, I'll, I'll watch a movie and I'm like, I know exactly what I want to do with this. Like, it'll be fun to do like this or that, or I'm seeing like, you know, there's this one cool thing that I saw and I can, I can adopt that and change it up and do that. So it's just, it's so, it's so much fun is what it is, honestly. Yeah. It sounds awesome. Yeah. I've always been fascinated with visual artists because, like, I'm like a stick figure, and my stick figures are not even pretty, you know. <laughs> it's like <laughs> so. I always, I'm always fascinated how you can take something and and make a visual concept out of it. Especially like just that whole brand creation thing is sort of fascinating to mm-hmm. me. Like telling a story mm-hmm. through like one image, like it says, you know, you're you're um, translating that story into this one image, and that to, to me, even just saying that it sounds like so like overwhelming. Okay, oh my god, I've got to make this right. whole movie right. into this one thing, and you know, right? Um, yeah. Do you ever have like a freak out moment like that? Like, oh my god, it's like, what am I going to do for this? Or sort of oh, like a writer's time. block? <laughs> yeah. So what do you do to move through time. that? Honestly, just keep creating, and I'm as a, yeah. and you know, you'll create stuff that is that goes to the trash immediately. But it's kind of how, how I push through it. It's like, okay, just keep doing it, just keep doing it. You're going to hate it, you're going to hate it, but keep doing it until until you don't hate it. Mm. Uh, yeah, and sometimes, uh, sometimes honestly, it's um, there was this one project that I worked on for um, for about a couple of weeks and could not connect to it for the life of me to where by the end of it, I just, you know, I was just like, you know, this isn't, this isn't for me. I can't create for this one project. And that happens sometimes. Mm. And then, so you just tell the person like, sorry, you know, like, I just, I can't get into this or like, how do you deal with that? Yeah. The specific project was for a friend. So I was able to just say that to be like, Hey, yeah. I'm not, I'm not feeling this one. Especially yeah. not right now. And that's, that's another hard thing. It's such an emotional process for me that sometimes if I'm not in a good place emotionally, like it affects everything overall. Hmm. It's almost like yeah. I can't fake it. I can't fake being in a place to create for this. It's just not going to happen. This is on my more passion projects, but for for creating movie posters, it's kind of like a like there's there's all there's like a um, um, a bag of tricks almost that even if the inspiration's not there, we're still going to do the work and it's still gonna still gonna look good. Hmm. Yeah. Because years of training, but I know how to make something look good. <laughs> yeah. 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 Talk a little bit about like so in the advertising industry you hear about like uh, subliminal messages and stuff in in the artwork. Is that true? Is that like maybe just some companies do that or you, is that something you can't talk about <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> You know what I find really interesting is sometimes um um when creating something like the the girls poster that I did, I found just on the internet there was a blog with someone explaining the in-depth meaning of everything about that poster, like what it meant to, like, you know, the designers to choose, like, a, a yellow dress for this girl, and they're all, like, subliminally Disney princesses, and there's, like, this backstory, and it all added up when you read it, but it was just fascinating because it's like, oh, I made that, and I had no, none of these intentions. Like, none of this was actually factored in, but it's amazing that someone can pull their own meaning and make up their own story from it, and I think that that's really awesome. Yeah, yeah. 
I wonder if there is sort of in this in the collective collective consciousness if there was somehow like you know just through what you've seen in life that you know maybe subliminally you were kind of creating that you know for for oh, whoever maybe was I'm interpreting communicating with myself and I don't even know it <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> talk about so you you have this thing of of um, you want to um, sort of bridge that gap between the east and the west talk a little bit more about that mm-hmm. um well i think that kind of just happens by me doing what i'm doing right i think mm-hmm. um the world has a very narrative um very narrow narrative of what um a saudi girl looks like or what a saudi mm-hmm. girl you know can do mm-hmm. and it's it's kind of simple. It's kind of just like in me doing what I'm doing and, 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 and how I'm doing it is just directly negating that. And, um, I'm excited. I'm excited about that, about, um, having Saudi girls see what is possible, you know, and what it's like to push again, to push, you know, boundaries to, to, um, redefine what's possible for us and for the world to kind of see what we're doing mm-hmm. and to really meet who we are, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Now, do you ever go back there and like work with other girls there, like in the schools or in some way? I do go back often. Yeah. Um, I haven't, I haven't brought my work back yet, but that's definitely, that's definitely part of my greater future plans for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. When you were talking a little bit before about, um, you know, when you're in certain emotional states that it's harder to create. Uh, is there anything that you do in that time period where you like have a, a tool or a technique that you go to to sort of shift your state and, and go into the work? Or what's your process for moving through that state? Yeah, clearing clearing my head. It's just time, honestly. Like finding, it's so crazy how how hard it is sometimes to find time but it's it's really just taking taking like an hour to just check into myself it's kind of like a meditation if you will mm-hmm. so like meditation really helps me yeah do you have like it a daily meditation practice that you do um not really i don't meditate daily i meditate yeah. when uh when i need it just uh-huh. because you know time is tricky but it's, it's yeah. nice to have that kind of handy yeah and so where you are now um is you know because i know that it was kind of hard for us to schedule because both of our schedules are kind of crazy um yeah. so it sounds like you're really super busy what do you do mm-hmm. to find some downtime and and work on self-care the question isn't it <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's the one that I'm still trying to find. <laughs> Honestly, right now there's no balance, and I just uh, there's no balance. And I just moved. I moved into a new place that out of the commute to to work in the morning and mm. playing together. In the place there's finding that little time is just not something I'm good at right now. But you know, like it pops up when you least expect it. You know, like on like mornings especially on weekends are, are really nice and like a couple of hours at night after a work day are, are nice um but that's hard that's that's what i'm struggling with right now finding that balance yeah yeah do you find though that because your work is your passion that 
um, it, you know, it's, it doesn't necessarily feel like you're out of balance? Um, I mean, I do feel, I do feel like I'm out of balance because self-care, mm. especially like exercise is really important. Um, and mm. you feel that stuff, right? Like if yeah. I, if I'm not exercising, if I'm not sleeping enough, like you can't escape how your body feels because that's a big part of, you know, you need your body. <laughs> but, um, mm-hmm. uh, it is, it's not a, because it is enjoyable work, it's, uh, you feel the imbalance, but it's but it's not eating at you because we're having so much fun though. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like it's like being in the pool and your mom kind of asking you to leave the swimming pool, and you're like, yeah, I know I have a curfew, but mm-hmm. so much fun. Right? Yeah, just five more minutes. <laughs> yeah. 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 What do you see that you would like to do next? I'd like to do next. Um, I would love to start um, directing videos. Mm. Directing, yeah. Start, I'd like to start directing uh, um, all the artwork that I work on right now is print art. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd like to move into motion. Okay. And enter the world, yeah. And so, what aspect, like. Um creating visuals for videos or actually like working in the camera or kind of what aspect of doing videos, creating a concept? Um, well, yeah. Con- concepts. I've done that. I've, I already do that kind of come up with okay. for, for music videos, especially part of my work with musicians, but to actually, yeah, direct the camera, direct like where, you know, kind of move into another form of storytelling. That's not, that's uh, not just print. And so how did you get into, because you've started doing it already, so how did you get into that? Well, that's all part of my work with musicians, right? Because uh, okay. part of their branding is, is uh, a lot of, obviously, like, um, print visuals. And mm-hmm. a lot of it is music video work. So it kind of just, it's, again, nothing that I kind of planned on doing but stumbled into doing from just having friends in the industry that wanted music videos that wanted to to kind of brainstorm with me. So, yeah. Yeah, and I found myself really enjoying it and wanting to do more of it. What's the process? Because I'm actually about to start creating some music videos of stuff from my back catalog. And oh, awesome. I'm, like, sitting down to think about, like, writing a treatment and just, like, I just go blank. I'm like, what? So I'm wondering yeah. what your process is when you go to sit and put together a treatment or put together these concepts of taking song to video and knowing that you've yeah. got, you know, a short time span to convey all this stuff. Are you more, right. of, do you want to have, um, have it sort of follow the storyline of the song or are you just, do you want to create something weird or how, what is your process there? I mean, that's a, that's a, that's part of the, the, um, the, the initial creativity, right, is deciding like, hey, does this does this mm. want to feel weird, or does this, or should I like approach this project um, in a more storytelling way? It just really depends on what you're working with and and uh, and what you want to say. I think it can be really overwhelming to think of, especially when the project is personal. Personal projects are, are the worst for me; they're the hardest to work on. <laughs> but because um, it's so overwhelming, you think about everything. You think about 
the story that you think about everything, all elements of it. But when it's easier when kind of working on someone else's project, it's um, if you think of it in an overwhelming way, that can be really stunting. But um, but it's just it's simplifying. It's like all right, here's here's like here's a um, a song. This song is about this feeling. What does this feeling need to be? Does it need to be quieter and smoother? And should I tell it in a linear way? Is that going to be more more interesting? Or would I want to like have it, you know, be all weird and 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 um and kind of more chaotic? And is that going to complement it in any way? And it's it's playing with your elements really. It's kind of like fitting little pieces of the puzzle and seeing what which overall image looks better to you. Hmm. Feels better. To you. A lot of this is your. Um, a lot of this for me is feeling my way through it. What feels good and what doesn't. Yeah. I guess it's that putting putting feelings into visual images and having that skill yeah. like that's that's where I'm just like wow like what you know I mean you can think of like your typical like you have, like, use smiley faces for an example you, know, like, you have a smiley face and he's a happy one and then he's the sad one and then he's yeah. like the really enthusiastic one it's like taking it beyond that you know and right, really going right, right. deep with it that's like wow that's a, that's really is a, a skill I'm wondering yeah. what your thought on is yeah. Yeah. Like, is your thought on that like that is something that you just either have or don't have, or can that be developed? Like, how do you think that came about for you? I think um, what it comes down to is, is uh, I mean, skill, skill is something I, I learned and picked up on on the job, really. But I think what it is that um, uh, what it is that makes a visual artist, for me at least is is kind of depth of of taste and understanding because that's that's where you're creating from that's where I create from at least right like if it's if it's um it's like you were saying if you have like a feeling that you want to convey you don't just want to put a put a happy face you kind of want to understand it sometimes a happy face is great too but you know you want to have that deeper understanding of it and then create from that place um so yeah, it's, it's a lot of practice, but I, I really think depth of taste and, and, and understanding is, is kind of the main muscle that, that I use the most when I'm working, that I like to exercise the most. And by understanding, um, how, how did you get to that? Like, how do you, how do you go about understanding the emotion in a visual aspect? Honestly, it's 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 a personal thing, right? Like I can't tell you what to feel when you when you look mm-hmm. at something, but yeah. um, I, because you know we're all we're all similar. We all feel the same way, regardless of like where you're from, who you are. Like we all feel sadness the same way and happiness the same way. So whatever I think it goes down to when I'm creating. Sure, I'm creating for um, for a mass audience, but if I can't connect to it personally, if I can't feel something from it, then mm. I can't put it out and expect someone else to. So it becomes yeah. a personal experience like that. If I'm looking at something and I'm like, this is this is like a funny movie and I'm going to create funny, you know, funny content for it and a funny poster. Um, I'm ultimately going back and asking myself, well, what's funny? Like, that's my own voice coming into play. Like, what do I think is funny? And if mm. I put something, if I create something that I think, oh, okay, I think I just did that. It makes me laugh. 
then you know there's trust that if I if I was able to do that, then then hopefully someone else will connect to it. And obviously you're not going to connect to every single person, but but the goal is is the goal is that to kind of facilitate that kind of connection and having that trust that you know we're all if, if I like this, chances are someone else will. Yeah, it yeah. sounds like you know really being in touch with your emotions and you know what being able to define them too and what they look yeah. like and what they feel like yeah yeah that's that's very much what it is for me it's such an emotional experience how do you think that affects your just your daily life your life in general it's actually um when when uh, i'm in a place of creating a lot and like it's kind of like a, a good um, kind of place to vent almost, you know, mm. just putting putting it all in the work and then it, it, it's kind of meditative like that. Sort of like therapy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A lot of it like, like you just had a long talk with a friend or like, yeah, I went to a therapy session and dumped it all out. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Do you ever find that you're, you, you sort of carry something with you as well or are you able to once it's done being created like I guess I'm thinking more of like mm-hmm. how an actor might be like an actor's playing this role and then that you know they're done playing that role but they're still probably carrying it with them in some way mm-hmm. I guess the wheels are always turning like if, if even if I'm done with the project I'm always thinking about like okay did I did I did I really do like did I really put in everything that I wanted to but what if could I have done it this way? Could I have, you know, changed this little part of it? Like one of my, um, one of my coworkers and, and mentors always tells me like, you're never really done with, with an art piece. You just run out of work. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. that to be really true. That's kind of the takeaway. You're always thinking of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's the same with same with songs. Like you go in the studio and you record it and you mix it and, you, and then you know you put it aside and you come back and you can mix it. You could always be mixing it, but there comes a point where it's just like, okay, it, it's 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 it, you know we're just gonna kill it yeah. if we keep going on with it. You know, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, absolutely. You, you mentioned mentors. Talk a little bit about your mentors and how you found them and what are some valuable tidbits that you got from them. Um, mentors. I honestly have a really good relationship with one of my coworkers who I look at as a mentor. And um, it's funny how some a lot of times people who are not doing what I'm doing, I consider mentors. People who are not even artists, I consider as mentors. Mm. Um, because so much of it is 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 the work itself but then like we were talking like for me at least a lot of it is is the you know emotional state that you have with yourself the ability to kind of like um dig deeper into certain emotions and, and i've learned that from honestly people who are not artists hmm. yeah that's that's the cool part about it just like the the connection to to everyone yeah because even though we do yeah. have different you know work pursuits or different skills or talents, you know, like deep down what connects us all really is our emotions and our ability to emote and connect on an emotional level with one another. Yeah, absolutely. That's ultimately like why my my, my favorite kind of art to create is, is the kind that um, um, just 
makes you feel and connects you to yourself. And I think having that connection to yourself and to, you know, to people that are around you is, is ultimately the goal, right? Yeah. Were you, uh, did you have brothers and sisters? Yeah, I have, I have five siblings. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. None of them are in the arts, but they're all very awesome in their own fields. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. And did they, they obviously probably had the same kind of, you know, pursuit of truth, freedom, and that kind of mentality as well, being, you know, uh, yeah. raised from your parents. Yeah. Was okay. it very encouraging in your family with all the, all the brothers and sisters? Absolutely. I always kind of had a friend, right? Like I had a friend for everything. Um, And um, especially right now growing up when we were kids, it was so much fun to have so many siblings and always, you know, someone to play with. But growing up, we're all, like I said, they're all in different fields. Like my sisters, uh, my older sisters are doctors and my younger sister and my um, brothers are both engineers. And, um, and I'm, you know, the black sheep in the family. <laughs> but um, it's just it's just so amazing to have people that I really, really admire and look up to um, be so close to me. I attend to them and look at them for different things, but, but they're all, um, and we're so different. We're so different, but it's, it's, you know, they're all, they're all my role models. And it's it's really awesome to have them be so close to me. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, talk a little bit about some of the lessons that you've learned, um, and and how you've moved through maybe some of the harder times. Um, so many lessons along the way. Um, <laughs> 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 uh, let's see. One of the ones that I kind of believe in and I keep, you know, repeating to myself is, is the most important relationship that you're going to have is the one that you have with yourself. Mm. You know, um, if you're against yourself, because sometimes we're so good at doing that, I think especially as women to kind of stand in their own way and, and, um, and, um, and kind of, it comes from, I think, a, a good place of wanting to challenge myself and like, you know, hold myself accountable and, 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 you know, do the most work. But sometimes I can take take a negative turn to where I'm I'm kind of standing in my own way. You know, that voice that says, you know, who do you think you are? Why do you think you can do this? You can't really do this. Um, mm-hmm. But to separate, to separate that voice from, from, from yourself and knowing that that's not you, that that's kind of, it comes with the territory. You're always going to have that kind of, you know, there's always going to be good and bad, and it's just it's where you choose to, to you know, to to tilt your focus. Hmm. Wow, that that's that's interesting. You know, I I as I get older, or maybe as I get wiser, I don't know if it's older, but wiser perhaps, I realize that the there is this sort of collective consciousness, right? Because what you're talking mm-hmm. about right there is sort of what <clears throat> I've been inside of lately is, mm-hmm. you know, where you put your focus is where you're going to go. And mm-hmm. the most important relationship we have is the one with ourselves. And Absolutely. most people aren't willing to go there, you know, cause it's right. scary. Right. And it's like you said, you've got that one little voice. And I think sometimes people think that that little voice is them, 
you know, and right. they, they can't separate the two. I'm wondering for you, because, you know, it took me finding a teacher to help me see that kind of stuff. Is that mm-hmm. something you kind of came to on your own or is there like a certain sort of personal development teacher that you've been working with or listened to or how did you come to That's, this yeah. awareness? <laughs> well, I'm like obsessively honest with myself, like obsessively honest with myself. So whenever I I, I hear a thought or, you know, feel something, I'm I'm just scrutinizing it to try to understand where it comes from. Like, is this really true? Do I actually believe this about myself? Or is this a negative thing that, you know, manifesting because of whatever, where I'm at, or I'm feeling kind of, you know, particularly low right now or whatever. And so through that process, I just, you know, I read a lot of books. I watch a lot of videos. I talk to a lot of friends. It's just, it's one of my pursuits to kind of like have a deeper understanding of the inner workings of, you know, our psychology and how our, our brains, you know, like to tell us certain things and what's real and what isn't. Mm. So I've, I've, it's just an obsessive interest that I have, and it, it, and it helps a lot. Sorry about that. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, is there one book in There's particular? There's so many resources, like, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. I was gonna, speaking of resources, I was going to ask: Is there one book in particular that you've read that's really been like, wow, this like totally just changed my perception or changed my life or whatever? Yeah. Um, there's a couple. There's one called inner bonding and kind of like loving your inner child. Just that idea of thinking that there's like an inner child inside that you can give love to, like a part of mm-hmm. you that's like, like your child self is still there and, and your adult self can take care of your inner child. Like is, is it was such a nice way for me to think about it because, you know, sometimes I find it really hard to be compassionate with myself. Mm-hmm. Like I'm still so hard on myself especially like in my own brain. So thinking of myself as like, you know, there's an inner child inside that I need and I need to take care of her was kind of a nice tool for me to, to practice self-compassion. Because it's yeah. easier to be compassionate to, to a kid, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, to, yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I've actually been in the past couple of days just getting inside of that whole concept myself of oh yeah you know this is just really just a hurt that happened in childhood and my little inner child is hurt right now and it's not you know mm-hmm. really has nothing to mm-hmm. do with what's going on right now it's just you know getting triggered by that um, absolutely so the being compassionate with yourself and and you know listening to the voice and deciphering whether it's true or not um can you give an example of something that you went through that was sort of really just kind of put you like on edge maybe and then you had to really work through this thing or maybe you've never even gone into the, you know, the dark night of the soul kind of thing. Mm-hmm, Have you had one mm-hmm. of those yet? <laughs> uh, oh yeah. I don't recommend them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely not. But they happen, right? Because we're yeah. all human and it's- part of our human experience to be pushed into darkness sometimes um it happened to me not too long ago actually because I was um just under too much pressure I took on like work was particularly demanding I was moving and moving can be super stressful and Mm -hmm. I was working on so many other side projects I'm like planning a trip back home was just too many things all at once and I couldn't focus for the life of me on, on on one thing because I have like 
17 top priority things going on. And I think I just, um, and a lot of them had like big themes of, you know, just, just mentally and internally, like themes of transition and transition can be, you know, really tough emotionally, but mm-hmm. I was just kind of like going home and just doing everything and like, you know, no time to think about it. Just like do, 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 because there's so much to be doing. And, um, yeah, I kind of like eventually kind of crumbled under that pressure and, and fell into a really, a really dark place. And another part of it is, you know, is, well, you don't have time to be in a dark place right now. Like, get up, there's mm. more work to be done, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, so it's it's really that. It's allowing myself the space and the time to be like, hey, you're you're not doing too good right now, and that's okay, and you need a break, and you're going to, and, and here here's a break. Like, just take a break, you know? It's yeah. so funny how surprisingly, like, hard that can be to do, to just be like, I need a break, and I'm going to take, you know, one day off when, you know, life is just so crazy and busy and there's so much going on. That just sounds like, you know, cuckoo crazy to even think about doing, taking a break. Like, what? But, you you know, you have to do it. We all we all need that. Yeah. Now, is that, like, let's talk about a little bit of difference between East and West. Is Is that mm-hmm. sort of go, go, go? Is that strictly a Western mindset or does that happen in Saudi as well? Um, I think, well, from my experience, I mean, my, my work has only been done. I've, I've only worked here, but, um, I think there's longer work hours here. There's more, there's definitely like go, go, go mentality back home. and like working really hard, but I think that there's more, um, there's more leisure time based in between. Well, as we get near the end here, um, mm-hmm. I would like to have you share just your, if we could leave with just one golden nugget takeaway, what would that mm-hmm. be? Well, the thing that I've really been enjoying doing re- lately is, is, is you know deep listening listen to listen to your own life just think about where you've been and 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 where you are right now and how you got there and it's so easy right now especially in the world that we live in and how connected we are which is you know there's technology which is great but it has this downside of there's constant comparison constant comparison looking at what other people are doing and then looking at yourself and i think that's such a toxic way to to look at yourself right um and your your evidence of of what you've been doing and how you've been doing it really exists in just just deep listening listen to yourself look at what your life looks like and where you've been and kind of find your find your center and yourself in that and and not look at it don't look for yourself anywhere outside of yourself and that's kind of been my exercise and my practice of staying present because because you know that's the best place to be mm-hmm. present yeah. and feet. Yeah, that's where where, really yeah, well, that's where the power of creation is, is right here in the now, you know. That's Absolutely. all there is. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, yep. That was awesome. Um, I'm curious about the, you know, comparing ourselves to other thing because we mm-hmm. do that, and it's so damaging <laughs> to do, so damaging. you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's so hard not to do it. Like it's honestly, it's like a it's a meditative practice to resist doing it because it's mm-hmm. so 
you know. Yeah. It's so easy to do. Yeah, just that that reminder of, hey, I am a totally unique individual, and there's nobody else like me on Earth, and there's nobody Mm -hmm. like anybody else, and Mm -hmm. it's kind of silly to be comparing myself to this other person. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely, and like our paths might might be really similar, but it's there's no, you know, we're each going to have our own unique path. So, you know. Yeah. Looking like peeking into what the other person has and not looking at what you have can actually just keep you stuck. Because I think that that's a, that's the way that we you know block ourselves is to be thinking about what we don't have and reaching outside and not looking at our own two feet. And I think what what keeps us going is you know is watching ourselves, examining like what we have and and getting in touch with you know, hey, this is my strong suit because people have different strong suits. We all have our different strengths and weaknesses. Well, folks, that wraps up another episode of On the Record. Tune in next week. I can see a new sun rising. I can feel it. A new day is born. I can face it. It's not so surprising. When I woke up today. I find a